In our study of the book of Exodus, we have seen over and over again that it is the desire of God that every man is saved. Now, I'm not saying every good man or everyone that is keeping his commandments. I'm saying every man, be it good and even the evil ones. It is his desire that all should be saved. I remember we, after reading, when God told Moses that after this last plague of killing the firstborns, I am sure that Pharaoh will let the children of Israel go. And we said that God knew what he could actually do that would, um, is convinced the right word, that would make Pharaoh send the children of Israel out in a haste. Now, reading that, hearing God say that to Moses and also to us, it means God knew what he could have done first that would immediately ginger Moses, uh, sorry, that would immediately ginger Pharaoh to send the children out of his sight. But he, he didn't do that first. Like we have said in previous episodes, he was trying to reveal himself to the children of Egypt, in fact, to the world. And to me, that is love. He was trying so much to win the hearts of the Egyptians, in fact, the hearts of the men of the world, including your heart and my heart, trying to reveal his righteousness, trying to show that he is creator, trying to show that only him deserves all our worship. He wanted to save the Egyptians. He wanted to save Pharaoh. Hence, we have the evidence that it is the desire of God that all men should be saved. I mean, at, in the beginning, when man was righteous, I mean, Adam and his wife Eve, when they were righteous, they, they had communion with God. They saw God. They spoke to God. They heard the voice of God as you hear my voice. But when they sinned, they were, they were not entitled to those privileges as they did when they had not sinned. It is evident that God, Jesus, is not coming for the righteous. The righteous are saved. But he is coming for the unrighteous. He is coming for me. He is coming for you. It is the unrighteous that he is longing. And it is for the unrighteous he died. So that they will be saved. Now I'm making this much emphasis because in Christianity today, in a majority of the churches... We're always, especially here in Africa, here in Nigeria, always praying against one enemy. Oh, that's my enemy. 
let's go block their kids let him let them die and all whatnot while we see god the one that we are hoping he would save us we are seeing how he's striving to save that enemy we are praying against we asked for the truth we ask that God would reveal what truth is to us. And the essence for asking, the essence for making Jesus' request is that we change in the paths where we are erring. That we choose to be as He is for God is truth. That is what we want to be. We want to be righteous. We want to be pure in heart. As the Father is. We want to be perfect. As the Son has given us the charge. That we be as perfect. As our Father in heaven. Is perfect. Oh may God help me. May God help you. That we may be transformed to his image. That we learn from the story of Phil. That we submit to the will of God. At the end of the day, is that not the essence? Is that not the essence? That we do righteousness. That we obey. Don't forget, that was the entire theme of the 50 chapters that we read in the book of Genesis. Obedience. God help us. Welcome to the gospel space and I'm your host Oluwa Femi. Yes, we thank God for giving us life. We thank God for preserving our lives even to this very day, to this very moment. God is God is faithful and we are unfaithful. Yes, we are unfaithful. We do not deserve a pinch of the merits we enjoy. We don't deserve any of it. For the Bible says, for all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. But we have a high priest who sympathizes with our weaknesses and has bid us come, come, come to my throne of mercy that we may obtain grace. God is good, God is faithful. Yes. As promised or as said in the previous episode, now as we will be studying these um, books, these chapters in the book of Exodus, we would have more reason to take notes. And our notes would even begin from today's chapter, which is Exodus chapter 12, the Passover 
institution. There will be a need for us to take notes. Like I said, like I said, and as it is the goal of this podcast, we want to know what truth is. Look at it this way. The men that have studied the Bible and have come up with doctrines, and sorry, the men that have come up with doctrines and teachings and all things concerning the Bible, they actually studied the Bible. They pleaded with God for him to reveal the truth in the Bible. And that is what we are doing. That is what we are doing. The only special thing they gained, the only special thing they had as they studied is the Holy Spirit. And that is what we have been pleading to God to send upon us that we do not give his words our own interpretation. We want to know what truth is according to the Bible, not according to um, what we think is truth, not according to what, oh, um, my pastor or my preacher said and he was able to prove. We want God to tell us by himself. And if what a preacher or a pastor or a parent or a church has told us is true, then God will re-emphasize and retreat those things to us. The aim is for God to reveal by himself through the word, through the Bible alone, what truth is. And that is what we want. And by God's grace, by God's grace, I know the Lord is ready to reveal himself to us. I know for sure he's ready to reveal himself to us. Today's study is quite a lengthy study, so I wouldn't like to spend much time or too much time um, talking. Let us have a word of prayer as we invite God to teach us today, to teach us this morning, to reveal to us his own character, to reveal to us his person. Let us have a word of prayer. Our dear Father in heaven, we thank you for today. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your son who you sent to die for us. We thank you for your desire to save us. We exalt your name, Father. Father, we are sinners and we come to you. We come to thy throne to seek mercy to seek pardon and to seek grace to withstand every future temptation please pardon us of our sins please send us your holy spirit to teach us to enlighten us to reveal to us thy truth this is our request we ask in jesus name amen exodus chapter 12 the Passover instituted. Let's study. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Now, have you noticed or do you know, I believe you do know, I believe you know that the calendar of um, the Hebrews, the calendar of the Jews as we know them today, is different from ours. 
they don't use the Gregorian calendar that we use. But I say we for those that are in Nigeria. Because I don't know, I don't know, I don't know who and where you are listening from. <laughs> you could be listening from Jerusalem or Israel or something. So their calendar is quite different from ours. And this is where that difference is coming from. It was actually an order from God that on this very month, it shall be the beginning of months to you. Are we seeing how God is now by himself making a demarcation between the children of Israel and the world? Remember, as we studied in previous chapters, we said, let God be the one to draw that line of demarcation. We shouldn't by ourselves say, okay, no, no, I'll, I'll dress this way to show that I'm different. I'll, I'll speak this way to show that I'm different. If we would be different, we must abide to those guidelines, those rules God has given by himself. For he knows what it is to truly be different. And we are seeing the first demarcation between the children of Israel and the world here. In this first verse of chapter 12, they have a different um, numbering, a different beginning, in fact, a different name of a new month. In fact, of the beginning of a new month. So, this is the first line of demarcation. Let us continue. And he says, speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, on the tenth of this month, Every man shall take the house, take to the house of his father a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons, according to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Now, while like, like I would usually say, I, I studied this chapter before coming on this podcast. Now, you can see how God was already instilling in their hearts the love for their neighbor. Now, I can't imagine a family of two eating one lamb. No, 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 no I, I, I can't. And, you know, I was... Uh, well, I was privileged to listen to a friend shared me all of all these devotionals and the person was just like, oh, you would all be rich. You would all be rich. Why am I even talking about the devotional? Um, this COP20, COP27 that is ongoing, I know Um, one of the plans is to make everybody, I don't want to say wealthy, but draw this line of equality amongst all men meanwhile god has said the poor shall never depart from you meaning that some people will forever be poor well let me not say some people meaning that the poor would always would always remain meaning that there will be that class forever the rich class and the poor class and one, you know, when one thinks about it, you'll be like, oh, is that not wicked and this and that? 
it's it's not wickedness i think that is a medium god has set in life to help the rich to grow their character to help the rich to be loving to each man because there is this um what word can i call it there's this pride that comes when one is successful and it starts to think that oh i'm above i can do as i wish but god has put the poor in place so that he would be able to generate a character of compassion and now we are seeing god instilling that in the children of israel he says to them if your family is too small go and merge or join with a family that does not have anything invite them to your home to eat with you and on the other hand if you cannot afford to buy a lamb join in on another family now from this statement god gave to moses to give to the children of israel is this not an indication that the poor shall never cease from being with you it does it does it goes on it says your lamb shall be without blemish all of these things are symbolic your lamb shall be without blemish a male of the first year you may take it from the sheep or from the goats now you shall keep it until the 14th day of this same month then the whole assembly of the congregation of israel shall kill it at twilight and shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it then they shall eat the flesh on that night roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it do not eat it raw nor boiled uh, or boiled at all with water but roasted in fire its head and its legs and its um and its um, entails you shall let none of it remain until morning and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire and thus you shall eat it with your belt on your waist your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand so you shall eat it in haste it is the lord's supper now i i believe we've learned much about god's instructions these instructions are specific very very specific now we we god hasn't given us a detail or the name of this month but we know it's a different month it's a different month um how would i put this no it's not a different month it is the beginning of a year for them which is different from the beginning of the years of every other person in the world specific instructions 
don't boil this lamb or goat it must be roasted it must be roasted and it's interesting how this falls in line with the command god gave noah you shall not eat all of this flesh with their blood in them you shall not eat their fat all of these things must be taken out before actually putting it into your body now further instruction was given to them that you must eat this food in haste so well i'd rather not talk now let us let us have god explain to us even in future chapters let's go on it goes on for i will pass through the land of egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn of the land of egypt both man and beast and against all the gods of egypt i will execute judgment i am the lord now the blood shall be a sign i want to make emphasis on the word sign the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are and when i see the blood i will pass over you and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when i strike the land of egypt now what this means is for the israelites who doesn't apply the blood i mean for him to apply the blood it means he must have obeyed to kill a lamb that is without blemish and so on and so forth but for the one who does not apply the blood on his doorpost he would also lose the firstborn of his household now i'm saying this to say this one cannot say oh i've 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 accepted god as my lord and savior even if it's genuine i've accepted god as my lord and savior and for that reason there is no need for me to obey him i can continue to live my life as i wish we can see that destruction will be upon such a person for god said it is that blood that shall be a sign between me and you it is when i see that blood on your doorpost that i will pass over it's not because you are in the camp of the israelites or because you are an israelite that i'll pass over it is because i have seen that blood on your doorpost and really what is the dop what is the blood on the doorpost it is obedience because i have seen you obey my charge to kill a lamb and to put the blood on your doorpost i will pass over this draws my mind to something after witnessing it plays Pharaoh still did not believe that this thing Moses had said will come to pass can you imagine now by the end of the chapter I, I don't want to be too forward than um, than what we are reading I believe we will get there by and by let's go on 
So this day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generation. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Now, praise God. Now, we are seeing God explain to us what ordinance is. Don't forget, in the book of Genesis, God told Isaac, the son of Abraham, I trust your father that he would keep my commandments, he would keep my charge, he would keep my statutes, he would keep my ordinances, and he would keep my charge. And we are seeing the definition of an ordinance. So we know that an ordinance is quite different from the commandments. Now the commandments I'm talking about here is the Ten Commandments. This, God is telling the Israelites, is an ordinance. So we have something to write in our note. Passover is an ordinance. The Passover feast is a yearly ordinance that the people of Israel were charged to keep. My friend, it is important to have this in a note. Because in the New Testament, we would see some things. Um, we'll read some things in the New Testament. Most especially when God died on the cross of Calvary and the veil in the most holy place was ripped apart. We will see some things that would have to now make references to all of these things in our note for it to make sense. So it won't be like, oh, someone is just saying and saying. Let us have this in our note. The Passover feast is an ordinance. Now let's have God give us this ordinance in full details. And it says, seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall not remove living from your houses for whoever eats living breads from the first day until the seventh day shall perish shall be cut off from israel on the first day there shall be a holy convocation and on the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation for you are you Are we seeing what God is saying they will do when they are celebrating this feast of ordinance? Now, this is still under the umbrella of the ordinance. This is still under the umbrella of the Passover. Now, we are seeing God tell Moses to deliver the message to the children of Israel that when this week comes, in the first month of the year, when it comes and you want to celebrate this feast, this Passover feast, there shall be a holy day. There shall be a week of holiness. That's my word. That's not how the Bible puts it. It says for the first seven days. The first day until the seventh day shall be a holy day. Now, this is different from what God said in Genesis chapter 2 on that creation day, that seventh day, that last day of the week. He blessed and sanctified only that day. That's in Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 verses 1 to 3. He blessed 
and sanctified and made the seventh day only the holy day he made it his sabbath now in exodus chapter 12 we are reading that as to this feast of passover that happens once in a year in the first 14 days the first seven days shall be holy unto you god is not changing the sabbath here is only saying that these days are holy don't forget it happens only once in a year sorry it happens only in the first month in the year that is the passover feast and he goes on he says no manner of work shall be done on them But that which everyone must eat, that only may be prepared by you. So you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For on this same day I will have brought you, I would have brought your enemies, pardon me, out of the land of Egypt. Do you see how the principles of the Sabbath was applied to this day? To this ceremony. It is very important we have these things in our notes. So in our notes we can have things like. The first month of the year the children of Israel are to celebrate their Passover. The first seven days are regarded as a holy day of which they shall not walk. Right? On those days, on those seven days, they shall not walk. And they shall be eating unleavened bread. Those are the things we can have in our notes. Let's go on. And it says, Therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generation as an everlasting ordinance. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the 21st day of the month at evening for seven days no living shall be found in your houses since whoever eats what is living that same person shall be cut off from the congregation of israel whether he is a stranger or a native of the land you shall eat nothing living in all your dwellings you shall eat unleavened bread this is an ordinance this is an ordinance then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover lamb and you shall take a bunch of high soup Dip it in the blood that is in the bath that is in the basin and strike sorry and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with blood that is in the basin, and none of you shall go out of his house until morning, for the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts 
the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. And you shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. It will come to pass. It will come to pass um, when you come out of the land, which when you come to the land which the Lord will give you, mm, as He has promised. What's wrong with this Bible? As he has promised that you, uh, as he has promised that you shall keep this service, that is the ordinance, and it shall be when your children say to you, "What do you mean by this service?" That you will say, "This is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, when He struck the Egyptians and delivered our household." So the people bowed their heads and worshipped. Then the children of Israel went away and did just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. Now, there is a need that these practices should be passed from generation to generation. The memory of these great things God had done must not be forgotten. And what an intelligent way to instill it in the minds of every child of Israel. God made it a feast that must be celebrated every year. They were to remember. They were to constantly remember what God had done. As we are to constantly remember the goodness God has done for us. I want to advise something. Aside the place where you are taking notes, I want you to get another journal, another book, another diary, where you have your testimonies written down. When God does something for you, write them down. Write them down so that in times when you are weak, in times where your faith and trust in God is lingering, you can open that book and read of the good things God has done for you. So that your faith will be increased. That, oh God, you have done this for me at this date. Oh, say 13th of November 2022. You've done this great thing for me. Oh, today, 2023, March 25th, I know that you that did this for me last year, you do this for me again. Have your testimonies written down so that it will encourage you. So that when you read that you would have an assurance again that God answers prayers, that God loves you. That God will take care of you. Let us have testimonies written down. For we have seen an example from our Creator that there is a need for us to remember the goodness of God. Now, in your journal, in your testimony journal, when you are writing down your testimony, write it down in full details, like every pinch. Oh, 
I was walking to the market and I forgot some money and I went back. Write it in full details. Let it be that detailed. Let it be that detailed. And it came to pass at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on his throne, to the firstborn of the captives that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of livestock. See how the animals have to suffer? The stubbornness of a leader that they had elected. Elect Christ, my friend. Elect Christ. So Pharaoh rose in the night. He and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. This, 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 I, I can't explain how, how, what's the word? How great this cry was. Egypt is a country. Egypt is a nation. Now imagine the whole nation crying at the same time. In Nigeria, we have over 200 million people. Obviously, because we have over 200 million people, doesn't mean we have 200 million families. But imagine a population as large as 200 million. Imagine them crying all at the same time. Truly, it would have been a loud cry. So much so that the children of Israel must have heard in the land of Goshen. So much so that even other neighboring countries, even other neighboring nations would have heard the cry of the Egyptians. It was loud. Then he, the he hears Pharaoh, then he called for Moses and Aaron that night, that very night, and said, Rise, go out from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go, serve the Lord as you have said. Also, take your flocks and your heads as you have said and be gone and bless me also and bless me also Pharaoh asked for blessings you know Pharaoh must have been wondering because when um, God did his wonders his sorcerers and wise men they could you know mimic such things in fact even got to a point where they, they were like no, this one this one passing and pharaoh must have been wondering i'm sure he must have set guards all over the city of egypt saying that we'll go see who will come kill all the children i can imagine him commanding his armies to station themselves at places strategic places ready for a war in his mind But waking up to see his children dead and like, God, did, did you see anybody come through the door? Are, are the windows broken? Is is there, is there, is are there holes in the roof? Where where did, 
where did this intruder come in to kill my son? At that point, he must have now realized that this is God. And in his tears, in his agony, I can imagine, he says, go, Moses, please go. But as you go, bless me. Because now I realize that the God of the Hebrews is the true and the living God. And the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. God is all wise. Remember, he told Moses to tell the children of Israel, eat this meal in in haste. Put on your sandals, put on your clothes, hold your staff in your hand. It was preparing them for something. The God that sees the end from the beginning was preparing them for something. Let's go on. For the Egyptians said, We shall all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was lifted, having their uh, kneading bowls bound up in their clothes on their shoulders. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, and they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing. Oh my. Mm. Yes, and articles of clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so they granted them what they requested. Thus, they plundered the Egyptians. You know, it now seems like they went for war. Remember, remember, when Abraham went to deliver his, um, I don't know, cousin, we call him now. When he went to deliver the cousin, he took the spoil and returned it back to the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, it's not like they have gone to a war. Now, as they were leaving, they now asked for articles of gold, silver, and clothes from Egyptians, and they gave them willingly <laughs> because God had given them favor in their sight they plundered the Egyptians God please fight my battle and I pray you would let God fight your battle God please help me that I would let you fight and not look to myself to fight then the children of Israel journeyed from Ramesses to Succoth, about 600,000 men on foot, besides the children. That figure was only the men, <laughs> besides children and mothers. It goes on, a mixed multitude went with them also. And flocks and herds, a great deal of livestock, and they baked on leafened cakes of the dough which they had brought out of Egypt, for it was not leafing because they were driven out of Egypt and could not wait, nor had they prepared 
provisions for themselves. They were driven in haste. Now, there is there is one important thing God has revealed to us. There was a mixed multitude. Now, in in a country like here in Nigeria, now it's not it's not possible that we only have Nigerians, right? One can even say there we can we can almost imagine that a touch of everybody in this world is in Nigeria. We have the Americans, we have the Chinese, we have other people from other African nations, Kenya, Mali, and you know. So now there was a mixed multitude, meaning that when all when Egypt suffered all these plagues, there were some that saw the land of Goshen. I was like, ah, what's, what's happening? The things happening here are not happening over there. And I can imagine them moving. I can imagine them accepting. I can imagine them realizing that the God of the Hebrew is the true God. Now I can see that, oh yes, this work of evangelism that God had decided to do was actually working on the hearts of those who dwelled in the land of Egypt. A mixed multitude followed because they believed, because they witnessed, and because their hearts were melted to the wonderful works of God. Now the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years. And it came to pass in the end of the 430 years on that very same day, it came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It is a night of solemn observance to the Lord for bringing them out of the land of Egypt. That is, that night of the Lord is solemn observance for all the children of Israel throughout their generation. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, This is the ordinance of the Passover. No foreigner shall eat it, but every man's servant who is bought for money, when you have circumcised him, then he may eat it. A sojourner and a hired servant shall not eat it. In one house shall not eat it. In one house it shall be eaten. You shall not carry any of the flesh outside the house, nor shall you break one of the bones. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. And when a stranger dwells with you and wants to keep the Passover to the Lord, let all the males be circumcised, and then let him come near and keep it, and he shall be as a native of the land. Now, this is very interesting. Do you remember after um, Israel, that is the father of the Israelites, the father of the 12 sons, after that fight, after that wrestle with the angel, we read that it was for that reason the children of Israel didn't eat that part of um, flesh. And now we are reading again, we are reading another instruction from God that see, do not 
do not break the bones of this lamb that you are eating as a celebration of the Passover feast. Do not break the bones. And before any stranger in your house eats this Passover, before he partakes in the Passover, he must be circumcised. Now, are you seeing, are you, are you taking note of how God is drawing that line of demarcation? Now, as God is drawing that line of demarcation, he's not saying those who are on the other side cannot come into his camp. With what he is saying here is, if you now want to come into the camp of God, you must be ready. You must be willing to obey. He lays down his instructions. He lays down his command. Do my commandments and you are welcome to my inhabitation. God is good. This invitation is to all men. This invitation is to all men. Now, the children of Israel were chosen as a special people. They were chosen as a special, and I'm saying this because, as we have read in the past, it was not only the children of Israel that were serving the God. Remember Jethro. Jethro was also a priest. He was also a man who served the living God. Now, have we read anything that Jethro circumcised? No. In fact, we read that his wife called him a man of blood because of circumcision. So, what am I saying? I'm saying that God had single-handedly picked the children of Israel because of the covenant he established with their um, father, their father Abraham. He promised them, the seed will come from you, that is, his son. Remember, we discussed something like this in the early chapters of Genesis. When we were trying to make sense of how and why the children of Israel were single-handedly handpicked from all men that have lived. And we read in the Bible, God revealed to us that it was due to the faith, it was due to how Abraham walked with God, that God then promised that I would make you a father of all nations and the seed, that is my son, shall come from you. And hence... He now started giving Abraham special ordinances, special commands. He started establishing special covenants with him. But inasmuch as he established all of these special covenants with him, he still had faithful servants who were scattered all over the earth. The things that pertain to salvation, God has made it very simple. So simple that we will not miss it, except we are stiff-necked. Except we are stiff-necked. Let's read the last verses. And it says, Thus all the children of Israel did as the Lord commanded Moses. And Aaron, so they did. 
And it came to pass on that very same day, the Lord brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. It was on that very night that they ate the Passover in their homes that the angels of destruction went around the land of Egypt and killed the firstborn of every man that lived in the land of Egypt. And it was that same night Pharaoh arose and chased the children of Israel out of his land in haste. When we permit God, when we allow, when we surrender to God to fight our battles, we must be patient. Because trust me, the one who is giving you a hard time, God is equally trying to save such a person. We must be patient. We must trust. And above all, we must be obedient. For it was obedience that saved the children of Israel from that angel of destruction. No, not not because they were the children of Israel, they were the children of Isaac and the children of Abraham. That didn't save them. What saved them was obedience. And one interesting thing is, how we see obedience continue even in the book of Exodus. God says, if you love me, keep my commandment. If you love me, obey my voice. I hope this simple truth will take deep roots in our heart. I hope we obey. For that is all the Lord requires of us. Obedience. Obedience and obedience alone it is. Do have a wonderful day, my friend. Do have a pleasant day. And I hope that we would have another opportunity to come together and study again tomorrow. I'll leave you with a poem by yours truly, no, not yours truly, but my, by my very good friend, Oluwato Ifoemi. Do have a blessed day. God bless you. P.V.C. I speak from the rubble, I speak from the rubble, I do not seek for trouble, please vote Christ. Christian, please vote Christ. Do not believe the lie to do otherwise. Separate Caesar from things of God all wise. 
Do not trust princes nor politicians who tell stinking lies. Year after year, do you not see the flies? The mass say, no church, no PVC. What did you decide when you came to the sea? Was it not to be baptized only to him as king? Please vote Christ alone. Tax and true love, obeying God supremely are all you all. Only do this rightly and see the exponential curve. Yes, you may say, preacher man, what do you mean? Do you say we fold our arms and do nothing? And watch our country amount to nothing? Think with me for a moment, I ask. What country do you belong to? Was it not Jesus who said his kingdom was not of this world? This is not our home. In fact, Peter unconverted betrayed the Lord. Where is your love? Hear of the disciples of old. They were the talk of the town. They turned the world upside down. Tell me how they preached and lived the gospel. Warning, warning. When the church ran after government, she became tyrant. Christian, more explicitly, I say, face your commission. Go ye into all the world and preach the everlasting gospel. Revelation chapter 14, verses six and seven. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters.